Sorry to the ears for for having that blast in your eardrums when you first started to listen. So my apologies to everyone. But that is, if you're all wondering what that is, that is the call or the the roar and the call and the growl and the purr of my the greatest dinosaur to me. That never lived. And the reason why I say that never lived is that is from, of course, the greatest, what I consider my Star Wars. You know how people are devoted to Star Wars and people are devoted to Star Trek and people are devoted to Avatar and I mean Avatar The Last Airbender, not Avatar the James Cameron movie. <clears throat> well, Jurassic Park is my Star Wars. That's my obsessed, crazed devotion. I love that so much. And I believe I answered the question before, but I'm going to answer it again. In the one of the episodes of the Friends of this podcast, of Fantastic Cruising, they asked when they, uh, Matt asked when they, when Alan Grant and Ian Malcolm and Ellie, and Ellie Sattler were flying away in a helicopter when they were leaving Isla Nublar, there was supposed to be uh, uh, pteranodons and dinosaurs flying through the air. And they were actually, I think Matt said, pelicans. Um, and they shot them from far enough away so they looked like, or they did through editing, so they, they looked like they could be, they could be dinos. And they actually, and that was Jurassic Park 1. That was the first one. Um, but Jurassic Park is my Star Wars. And there are so many things I could expunge on, and so many things I could tell you, and so many things I could go off and on and ramble on for a long time. A little bit of just what I'll touch on right now, a little bit of what, I've, what I'll get you, what I'll tell you right now. So why, the reason why I say at the beginning, why I said a few minutes ago, that that was from the greatest dinosaur that never lived, was that was from my personal favorite, that was from the Velociraptor. And that was their call. Their roar and their call and their purr and stuff that they do during the movies. Now, now the raptors, the Velociraptors, only existed in Jurassic Park. They don't actually... The, the 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 raptors as they are in Jurassic Park don't, never actually existed they did exist velociraptors did exist they just weren't the Jurassic Park raptors they were like I said earlier earlier episode they were about the size of a chicken maybe a little larger a little larger and they weren't if if you were to come across an actual paleontological raptor now, they wouldn't pose much of a threat 
to humans in the sense that they're they were like they were very they were very vicious and very evil and very twisted. Now, and they could they could take out your calves and rip your calves to shreds. They could do that, but they weren't very tall. So as soon as you got as soon as you got close enough to them, you could kick them and kick them pretty far and cause significant damage to a raptor. The problem with that being is that a lot of truth, a lot of parts of the Jurassic Park were true. They are they were pack hunters. And the way you heard earlier uh, Muldoon, Robert Muldoon, say clever girl, they tend to be they tended to be to be like that. They were pack hunters and they would they would distract you. Like if you were, if one was lurking in the distance and you were trying to hunt that one that you were looking at off in the distance, there'd be another one two inches from you on your left side that you didn't see. And there'd be another one sitting right there. Now, the cool thing about that, that, that well, paleontologic, paleontologically, that's the way the raptors hunted. Now, um, they, they, they did that so that they, they, have, they, they knew in their size they wouldn't be able to take down much uh, larger dinosaurs. They wouldn't be able to take down much. So they, that's how they, just, they, they distracted their prey. They threw them off. And the, the Jurassic Park raptors were closer to, or more size-wise, more based on what I what I what it was called the Deinonychus, and they're closer in size to the Deinonychus, the Jurassic Park raptors. Now they're now they didn't bring in the Deinonychus because as they had established when the movie started, when after Crichton wrote the book, Michael Crichton wrote the book, they had established started filming the movies and they started building the animatronic raptors to the size of what they had designed, what they wanted to. And they started calling them raptors. So they couldn't bring in Deinonychus because you have two dinosaurs that look exactly alike, too much alike, and it's like, no, it's going to throw people off. It's going to be, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work well. It wouldn't work very well. So everything else about the raptors in Jurassic Park is pretty close to the actual truth of what they actually did. Um, they were very, they're, they're very, very smart, and very, very clever, very clever dinosaurs. They knew what they were doing, and they knew the best way to to distract their prey and to get their prey. They knew their best, the best way. They would, they would, they didn't know. We don't know what. There's no way for us to know exactly what the raptor call was like paleontologically we can tell from from fossils and from specimens by the if you've seen Jurassic Park um, Alan Grant talks about it a little bit you can we can tell by the their skulls what the chambers like the resonating chambers and we can tell what or get some sort of an idea of what they might have been or how they might have called to their others or called to other people people they called to other raptors we can tell they might have um but we don't there's no way to know what that would have sounded like 
And so we had to, when the movie was made, they had to extrapolate and pull from different things. They had to draw from the different inspirations to create a, a, a roar or a growl that would be intimidating, that would be scary. And a lot of what I had heard and a lot of what I think I know, a lot of what I had heard was that if you listen to listen a while to to the way a raptor calls or the way a raptor after the raptor growls there's there's like i said there's a purr there's there's i think it, you can sort of see it in the original Jurassic Park where they're hunting uh, Lex and Tim in the kitchen you can sort of hear and see it if you look at if you watch the raptor you can sort of see it in the raptor's throat the 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 throat is kind of wiggling or kind of going like you know like when a cat purrs it's kind of I can't do it with my throat very well but you can see the 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 part of the throat wiggle like they're purring and I think they got that idea as far as, as far as I understand it and if I'm wrong please correct me and tell me I'm wrong so I have so you guys have the correct information but from what I know they got that idea from cats. And while they can't see how how a cat's how a cat's throat behaves and how they act, they can assume. And so they so that's that's how they came up with that's how they came up with the raptor purr. And a lot of a lot of how the raptors actually were were they were very quiet. Like I said, the raptors are quite small. So they they were very stealthy and very quiet. And so a lot of times you wouldn't know they were there. You wouldn't hear them. Even if you, even if you were looking at a bunch of them, you wouldn't know that they were there or where you were looking at a bunch of where you thought they were. You wouldn't know they were, they were there. They're very, very quiet and very, very reserved and very, and they tend to, they tend to be mysterious like that. They're also the their claws in the movie Jurassic in the Jurassic Park movies their claws are much more symbolic as far as I understand their claws are much more symbolic and much more like a Deinonychus. Um they had as far as I know they had they had claws that they were almost opposable or something like that and they were very they were just very sleek and very and very smart there's there's a there's a theory that states and there's a there's a thought that states that dinosaurs were not were dinosaurs are very dumb and very and very not all with it that's not true not true at all some dinosaurs are extremely smart the, like i said the raptor being one of them and are very clever dinosaurs. The T-Rex was also a very clever dinosaur. A lot of people don't know that. There's a in Jurassic Park when the cars stop outside or get get stopped outside the T-Rex paddock, uh, and the Rex comes through the the fence. There's a saying there. Uh, yeah, Alan Grant says, "Stay still." Even when the Rex lowers its head to an inch from their own, you or less than that, the, uh, Alan Grant says, don't move. Don't make a sound, don't move. If you don't move, he can't see you. 
he or she can't see you. Well, that's not true. Uh, T-Rexes have, it was proven that T-Rexes have pretty good eyesight. So they can see you. They can see you no matter what you do. Whether you move or not, they know you're there. And it's really, really interesting to figure out, to, to see from their point of view, to try and see. I always wanted to know that. I always wanted to see that, try and see from their point of view what they perceive their prey to be. And a lot of things, another thing you have to think about is that you're trying to give these dinosaurs, you're trying to give these 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 lizards, these dinosaurs, you're trying to give them personalities. You're trying to do what's what in literature is called personifying them. You're trying to give them personality traits and make them kind of human, which they're not. Now, very like I said, the raptors are very smart and some of them are very clever. Uh, but they're not they don't have person they're not a person. They don't have personifying they can't personify them. So they do what they do and they behave the way they do because that's their nature and that's their instinct and that's how they survive and keep themselves alive. And they they're smart. The raptors are smart because that's the, their best way for their size, that's their best way to to sustain life and to keep themselves alive and to keep going. So that's why they that's and so they you have to think that they that they're doing what they're doing because that's what they're programmed to do. That's their instinct. Their instinct is self-preservation and to stay alive and to hunt prey. And they're they look the way they do. They look scary and threatening and domineering because that's their best way to that's their most effective way to get their prey that's how they get their prey and you can't really like I said you can't really blame them that's that's their best way to get their prey and that's that's how they that's how they do it um so like I said yeah a t-rex can a t-rex can still see you if you just if you just stay there now if you ask me they had to do they had to make judgments they had to give they had to give Lex and Tim and Alan Grant a way to get out there. A way to get out of the way. Because the T-Rex is like literally inches from their face. And they're not going to get... If they, if they go with what... If they go with the way and go with what T-Rexes have... have our way the T-Rexes have been. Then they're not going to make it out. They're not going to survive. But... So they have to give... Alan, Lex, and Tim a little bit of a leeway. Give them a little bit of a give them a little bit of a head start or an advantage. And they did it by saying the T Rex can't see you if you don't move. Well, like I said, he can. And he knows you're that he or she knows you're there. Now there's a lot of other dinosaurs that that are there's compies, procomp sob wait. Procomp sob procomp sognathus. That's their. I keep every time I see that word, I can. Every time I see the word, I can pronounce it. But every time I try to pronounce it, I get tongue tongue tied. So they're called. They're commonly called compies, but they're procompsognathus. Procompsognathus. That's the best way. Okay, now I got it. Um, they are really small. They're smaller than the raptors, like maybe halfway up your foot, or maybe from your 
from the from the end of your big toe to just to the back of your foot or maybe just a little a little up your ankle they're pretty small and they at least they hunt in numbers and from what i understand and again i could be wrong please correct me if i am um they are carnivores from what i understand um there's also a lot of um a lot of what i've seen are are good they they do like i said they they do what they do for self preservation think about it if you if you had your back against the wall or you do what you do you live the way you live you conduct your life the way you conduct your life do you if your back was against the wall and you were pressed into a certain situation would you act the way you act and act the way, act in a certain way to save yourself and you would do it you would do your save yourself and do everything's the right way for self preservation so that's what they, that's what they were doing now i always wanted to do now going off on a side subject for a second here i just wanted to do this episode to answer some viewer question, viewer questions i said viewer i mean listener <laughs> i always wanted to answer some listener questions um i wouldn't consider myself an authority in anything i'm by no stretch of anyone's imagination where i could ever consider myself an authority in anything but i have i've been asked a few questions and before i get into tackling those questions i wanted to give my producers a huge shout out a couple of days ago um one of them has a band has she performs she's a guitarist and she performs with her best friend and her best friend is the drummer and she is the guitarist and her sister-in-law is is a vocalist her sister-in-law is the singer and she performs with them and what she did the other day was she and her group raised i want to say a little over $2000 for lgbtqia+ youth worldwide and they raised that money to to quote one of their to to quote one of them to make to make make sure that the, everyone believes everyone knows that they have a they have a future that you have a life and that you can get through anything and that you can survive anything and you're as strong as you're as strong as as you feel and you're stronger than that actually so they raised that money for that purpose and she doesn't want people to go through what she went through and she wants to make a life a better place so they raised over $2000 for LGBTQIA+ youth worldwide and I wanted to give them big credits and a huge shout out for that and I did something on Facebook and I think they might have mentioned it and I wanted to wanted to I just wanted to get out there and get it known and get it out there so so major props girls thank you so much for everything you did thank you for the for making the world a better place thank you for being true and decent and loved friends to me thank you for doing everything and thank you for just being producers and helping me in everything so i wanted to give them a huge shout out and wanted to give them a huge mention now 
the one thing that several listeners have emailed us and that the producers have forwarded on to me is they forward on to me a couple of questions and a couple of things that that they wanted me to answer, wanted me to tackle. And one of the things that was asked to me was, why did I come up with the idea? Why did I decide that I wanted to do a podcast? And that's from Elizabeth, one of my listeners. Well, Elizabeth, I used to stream a while ago, uh, as is everyone I know, uh, a lot of people I know actually, <laughs> is on Twitch. And I used to do uh, streams on Twitch. And it's basically me, like vlogs, me just taking the camera on my phone around the world and around places that I like to go and hang out. I'm just showing people, showing people who watch the world and what I thought, what I saw as the world visually. And I got disenchanted with that. I don't like, and there'll be another episode on this in a bit, but I just got disenchanted with it. I don't like Twitch. There's a lot of things about it that I didn't like and that I didn't get into and I didn't really enjoy. So I stopped I stopped it. And I stopped I stopped uh, streaming and I stopped doing Twitch stuff. I just I didn't like it. And when I go on a, when I go on a vacation, uh, I may do something like say on Facebook Live or I may do something on YouTube, something small. Something smaller than Twitch, because like I said, I don't like Twitch. And there'll be, and I'll expand on that later in a bit. But there are, so I decided I wanted to do something where I could talk about different topics, go into different topics, and things that that, that enthrall me and that are very, very interesting to me and that I enjoy doing. So I wanted to, to, to create something that I could get into and that I could enjoy and do something like that. So I came up with the idea with why not do a podcast? Why not do something where you could talk about what you wanted to talk about and get into what you wanted to get into? And I had listened to uh, Fantastic Cruising and I heard what Matt and Kimbrough were going on where they were talking about and going on about and their joy for their subject matter, cruising, and the banter that they have between the two of them. And like you'll like you'll hear in a few minutes at the after the end of this, it's not like it wasn't like listening to a podcast. It was like listening to your best friends and listening to family. And you felt really comfortable as a listener, you feel really comfortable and you feel really at home and at peace with when you when you listen to them and i listened to what they were doing and it's like i was it's like being when you do a podcast at least for me it's like doing having a discussion it's like having a discussion with someone or having a discussion with people but you're just recording it and everything everything you want and everything you are just comes over the recording it's just it's like you're talking and you're talking with your girlfriend you're talking with your wife you're talking with your boyfriend and you're talking just like the conversation you normally have but you're recording it and it's the same thing and I had been when I was in high school I have had I had two years I have it was a two years a manager a general manager of a radio station so I know what it's like to be a DJ. So I've been a DJ before for a while. 
and I enjoyed, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Now, the difference with that was that I was a GM of a radio station and we played music. Here, we can't play music. Well, we could, but it could be tough. And it was, it was, it could have been difficult. And I just wanted to have an outlet where I could have a discussion with someone, with everyone, on the things that interest me and interesting topics and cool topics and the things I know a bit about and things I wanted to touch on, things I wanted to tackle. And I just started recording it. One of my producers said to me, just record it and see and just you'll enjoy it from there. And I had asked them a lot of the work I do myself and a lot, of the, a lot of the production stuff they do. And they're happy to help me out. And I said, I wanted this is what I wanted to do. This is where I wanted to go. And they had came up to me and they said, we hear what you're doing. And we love what you're doing. And we thoroughly support you in everything you do. And I said, would you, would you girls want to help me out? Would you want to be able to do whatever you can and put your two cents into doing whatever you want to do and helping me out and they said absolutely we'd love to do everything we can for you you've done so much for us we would love to do everything we can for you and help you out so I brought them on board and they are officially part of the staff part of the production staff of this podcast and they do a lot of stuff they do like we have we had had a meetup we had had get-togethers, and they orchestrate that. Well, I do some of it too, but they orchestrate that. They set it up, and they pull things together. Um, I do I do that too as well. I set up meters and pull things together. Uh, I would, one of my, well, like I said before in a, fear, in a previous episode, one of the greatest vacations I've ever been on is a cruise, and I can't wait to go on another cruise. And I really, 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 really want to go on another cruise. And I would like to get part of like a group cruise. Just hang out with friends and enjoy the ship and enjoy the ports that we're going to. So they they are looking into that and I'm looking into that as well. And that would be something that that that, that I'm looking forward to and that they're looking forward to as well. So and they also they also so and Nicole asked me, this is from my listener Nicole, um, her email her email says, why, you said you write what kind of things do you write? Well, as a writer, I tend to write life as it is I tend to see things as they are in the world and write it and it's very, it's just very, very interesting to me um, I have no problem writing as anyone no issue whatsoever. Like if people, if people say things a certain way or people act a certain way, then I write that. If people are angry at something and they curse, then I write the curse. I write the world as I see it. And I thank you. I thank you, Nicole, and I thank you, Elizabeth, and I thank you to my producers, and I thank you, girls, for doing everything that you do. But I thank everyone for listening as well as you do. As much as you do, actually. Um, but And this is just a joy for me to do. And I want to do this and I want to keep doing it just because it's fun. Just because I want to do it. And I do it because I want to do it. And I do it because it's interesting to me. Now, Nicole wrote, in to, Nicole wrote something else in. Just a random question, she says. Are there 
you have you have mentioned a lot. There's a previous episode that I had done on the Vegas Golden Knights, and she said, "What are your teams?" Because she's she wants to know a lot of the a lot of the topics that I had worked on, and she wanted to know what are my. She just mentioned what are my teams. Well, my teams are the Vegas Golden Knights, the Boston Red Sox, and New York Mets, which makes 1986 really interesting. Um, because they played each other in the World Series, for those who don't know. Um, and the New Orleans Saints. Now, it's just, I've always, that gives me something to look forward to, gives me something to watch, gives me some teams to support. She is, she is a, well, I'm trying to find her email here. The producer sent it to me, so I'm trying to find my e- her email here. She she's a Mets fan. Okay, good. Yeah, she's a big Meg, big Mets fan. And you just going back to the Golden Knights. I have been a fan of the Golden Knights since before, since before their first game. And I'm not talking about the before, before their first home game. I'm talking about since before their first preseason game. My best friend and I had seen their first preseason game and their home opener, their inaugural home opener. And we were in Vegas for both of those things. And the I, I have repeatedly said, and I will continue to repeatedly, repeatedly say, continue to repeatedly say, what does that even mean? Um, that they, their inaugural home opener was, occurred right after the shooting. Right after the shooting in Vegas. And their... They tied themselves to the community, to me and to the community. They tied themselves to me and to the community in ways that no one has, that no team ever has and no team ever will. And that's impossible. No one can do that. Um, No, that's not to say for the Mets. I love the Mets and I love the Red Sox and the Saints. There's nothing... That's not to say no team, they have not tied themselves to the city and endeared themselves to the city. That is true. But the way the Knights did it means differently. It means something deeper than any of the other teams. And no team has ever done what the Knights have. And I hope, I hope I've gotten into a lot of the questions. And I hope I've been able to answer at least some of what there's a lot of emails here, at least some of what Elizabeth, you, you, Elizabeth, and you, Nicole, have have written in, and I hope I've been able to answer some of it. So thank you all for sticking around. Thank you all for listening and sticking around. Hang on for a little bit more extra at the end here. There's going to be a little bit more. Thank you all for listening. Want to check out the best podcast and best YouTube channel out there? True, true friends of this podcast? Check out Fantastic Cruising over on Apple Podcasts and all your favorite podcasting devices and services. Give them a five-star review. Head on over to YouTube. Look up Fantastic Studios. Give them a five-star review and give them comments. They'll love that to death. They are the greatest podcast out there. Give them a shout-out. go to Vegas, visit the best places all around the Strip and all around downtown, all around the surrounding areas, 
check out the best vlogs for Vegas anywhere on YouTube at Brar Frederick over on YouTube. B-R-O-R Frederick F-R-E-D-R-I-K over on YouTube. Go over to Brar Frederick. Subscribe to his channel. Click that bell icon. Click that hit those those like those like up thumbs. Give give Brar a follow. Give Brar a look. You'll really love what you're seeing. He's an awesome streamer, the best Vegas streamer, and the best thing to watch while you're in Vegas before you go to Vegas, just to experience Vegas as a whole. Please join me in supporting and giving to the Pride Foundation and the Trevor Project. When you donate to the Pride Foundation, you join thousands of supporters building a better, safer, more equitable world for LGBTQIA people and their families. Every gift, whether $1 or $1,000, makes an impact for real people and ripples outward into our communities. There are many different ways to join and help the fight. Also go on to their websites for the Pride Foundation and the Trevor Project and donate and help in any way possible. The Trevor Project offers support and help for LGBTQIA youth all over the country and all over the world. Please show them some love and give them some support.